My name is Alan Smithson, your host for the XR for Business podcast, where we interview industry leaders who are either making or using immersive virtual, augmented, and mixed reality solutions for business. From marketing and sales to logistics and training to design and remote collaboration, learn how the world's largest organizations are implementing an XR for Business strategy and why you should too. Today's guest is Rupert Deans, founder of Platter. Rupert has been working in the XR space for 10 years now. From his first digital agency, he recognized the enormous potential of XR to solve practical problems and through Platter has created a tool that will enable anyone, any company to manage and deploy their own experiences with ease. Platter leverages rapidly evolving augmented reality technology using AR Kit and AR Core, combining consumer hardware and browser evolution to act as a new enabler for customers to experience products in 3D and in context without the product being physically present. You can learn more about Platter at platter.com, P-L-A-T-T-A-R.com, and you can email Rupert directly, rupert at platter.com. Rupert, welcome to the show. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. It's evening here. It's, it's morning there. You're in Australia. Tell me, what's it going on there? Ah, uh, the beautiful land of Australia. It's a, it's a busy place at this time for us. The company is booming, and we've got a range of amazing customers we're working with. And um, the XR space is set to take off, really. It's um, just building and building and building. We're a little bit further behind the rest of the world, um, but we feel there's a momentum happening and there's, a, I guess, a change um, coming to the market as well around companies adopting and wanting to learn and want to execute on creating their own immersive uh, solutions. And so that's where Platter comes in. You guys have built a platform that allows people to, to see their products. The coffee maker, the Nespresso thing that I saw was incredible. Basically, I hold up my phone, I tap the button, and now the coffee maker's there. But not only just to see it in the space, but then to learn about it, the features and stuff. So maybe can you explain how a retailer or a brand would start to use this platform. It always comes back to what's the pain point you're solving with any business. We work within the range of different retailers and brands, especially retailers and manufacturers, to be able to virtually put the products in the customer's hands with the power of XR. So what we're trying to do is overcome this huge visualization gap that customers have. Right, So they go into one store, they look at a red couch. They go into another store, they look at a green couch. They go into another store, they look at a yellow couch. They then get home and they try and remember what those look like, let alone try and um, virtually uh, visualize what they're going to look like in their own space, better kitchen or living room or bathroom, wherever they're putting it. So that's a, obviously quite a good little retail example. So that's the current problem statement. So what we do is we enable their customers to be able to virtually put those products into that context and see what they look like and then be able to interact and engage with those products. And that's where the whole product life cycle comes into play. So see what it looks like in situation learn how to assemble it, how to get it up and running. Um, you know, we removed having traditional uh, installation guides and manuals that nobody really reads or understands. So what we're trying to do is solve this problem for uh, those types of brands we're working with. That's incredible. So you, you're really replacing those awful manuals that everybody has to deal with. Exactly. Yep. Nobody... They, actually, they don't deal with it. They just look at it and like, yeah, whatever. Exactly. Nobody follows it anyway. exactly it yeah it sounds like you've got a wide range of customers can you maybe speak to some specific case studies what i love about what you guys do at platter is it uses the mobile phone exactly and i think that's really great yeah yeah so fundamentally we use two technologies called ar kit and ar core those are primary compute division i guess libraries that we're using they are now enabled on 1.8 billion devices by the end of this year thanks to 
you know, those two very large companies. And so what this means is it's now very accessible to any uh, customer and obviously any business's customer um, to be able to virtually put these products into their own homes um, using these capabilities that are obviously built on Platter. So um, we've worked with a whole different range of businesses, everything from small uh, individual designers. So there's a company called Escaped Paradise that was one of our first customers actually on the platform. Um, they sell these beautiful cushions. Now she had a challenge was how does she um, virtually, or, or um, she used to have to physically ship her cushions over to uh, Tahiti, a little island um, in the middle of Pacific, to be able to show the purchasing officer at the Hilton Hotels what these cushions looked like. This was costing her time and money. She also had to take flights over there. So instead of her doing that, she basically built an app on Platter where she enabled the purchasing officer of this hotel to be able to see what the products look like in their own situation. So they virtually basically put these pillows onto their beds and said, right, these look fantastic. We're going to start with these. And off the back of that um, solution, she had a 300% return on investment. So basically she paid off the app and drove a hell of a lot of revenue within the first three months alone. So that's a really good example about how small individual designers using our platform fundamentally save cost and drive new revenue streams. Another example is we're working with one of the largest bedding um, manufacturers and retail brands in Australia at the moment called Snooze. Now they've um, launched 3D viewers and launching AR through their stores. In terms of the web proposition, um, by having 3D models on the website, it's obviously enabling the customers to be able to really understand and engage with the product in a whole new way. They're getting over a 30% higher conversion rate by having these 3D models versus 2D traditional imagery. So it just shows the value in how much customers want to engage with this rich media content and, and stop obviously you know, using normal 2D layers to try and understand a three-dimensional spatially relevant product. So that's really a good example. They're also starting to use the app in store to be able to convert more customers. Right now, obviously, they don't hold all the stock in every store. And so through the Platter application, it enables them to be able to virtually bring the entire product range and all the different colors, all the different variations, all the configurations, enable the customer to be able to see those in context without having to leave the store. Because right now the pain point is they normally say, sorry, sir, you have to drive 40Ks to the next store because they're currently holding that stock. Not anymore, resolving that problem. So there's a number of different ways that can be deploying these um, solutions to be able to drive new revenue, save on costs, and increase operational efficiency. And that's where really what Platt is focused on doing. We've been in the space for almost coming on 10 years now. A lot of these insights came off the back of, I set up on the first digital agencies uh, in New Zealand a few years ago, and I, I really found those challenges for business was how do you get up and running with AR? It does cost a lot of money. What well, used to cost a lot of money, it was hard to manage and it was hard to consume. And so now with the Platter platform, we're solving these problems. That's incredible. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, well, this is this is great for e-commerce when people are at home, they can they they can do this." But what you're saying is that in-store retail can benefit from this as well because now your sales reps have the full gamut of your products in their hand and they can not lose the sale. They can just say, hey, we'll order it directly for you right to your house. It's, it's so cool because you can say, look, let's configure the product. So you want to see the one with the brown legs, right? I'll show you the bed with the brown legs or the silver legs. And then it just enables the customer to be able to a true understanding of the product there straight away and give them confidence to buy. And that's something we haven't had prior ever with it. There's been no other enabling technology that's um, done that. And the other cool thing is it also means now you can actually help convert more customers because you can say, look, here's the configuration. Take that back home. Now virtually put that bed into your own um, bedroom and check it's actually going to fit and it's going to do the job that needs to be done. 
So that's again this these new uh, and immersive uh, user cases that have been unlocked to solve these problems, real world problems for these brands and organisations. Um, this is the, the power of the te technology that we're using, and this is why every business should be considering how they're going to deploy it themselves to be able to, yeah, as I said, drive revenue, save on operational costs, or engage consumers in new and exciting ways. So I think it always comes down to cost, and you've said that your customers are seeing uh, an immediate return on the investment. What does it cost to set something like this up? It used to be three years ago, if you wanted to have your products done, it was a couple thousand dollars product. And then you had to have somebody build out a 3D product viewer for you. And you're talking, you know, in the hundreds of thousands of dollars before you even get started. So what has Platter done to kind of democratize that? Yeah, so that's a really good question. So what we've done is because we're a software as a service platform, we amortize the cost over the hundreds of different brands and organizations using our platform right now. So what we've, we've basically created is um, three different kind of pricing tiers, obviously basic, intermediate, and then uh, enterprise. Um, our basic one starts from under 500 bucks a month, so nothing. And that basically, with an initial $2,000 setup fee, gives you your own customized white label app. Um, you obviously you know, can get all your products in there, and you can start on this journey as a SME. Um, and then we've got larger plans up to enterprise plan, our enterprise plan includes your own white-labeled app or SDK. So we've just embedded our SDK into all the mastered apps of News Corp in Australia. So the leveraging off the back of the platform. That's really exciting. We've also got uh, WebXR. So that's obviously another space we're leading the world in. is being able to do all really through the browser. So that's included in that plan as well. You get your 3D viewers included in that plan where you can embed the same 3D models into your website. You get your configurator where you can come and design and configure this product. That's included in that as well. Um, you get your product photography and that, that enables you to render out 4K images of your products through Platter as well. So that's another really strong business case I actually should, should talk about later on. These different plans offer different options um, ranging from under 500 bucks up to 999 per month for the enterprise plan. And then you just add on how many products you want. And that's a scaling uh, pricing model started at $119 a month for 10 products. So again, we've gone from hundreds of thousands of dollars down to roughly 10% of that. So um, we're really disrupting the space. This is incredible. Yep. Like you think about that, we talk about exponentials in terms of growth, but we're also experiencing exponentials in terms of cost reductions. I remember three years ago, we did a quote for a 3D configurator for a client. And it was $250,000. Yep. No, that's definitely where it was. And that's, yeah, you used to have to obviously go out and build custom software to do that. And that, that's what I was doing. I was that agency and that's where I saw the problem. But taking it back a little bit further, you know, I went through websites, the startup bespoke and customized, and they got commoditized by platforms like Weebly, Wix, Squarespace, WordPress, right? And same with apps. And that's where the idea for Platter was born. Is I knew the same thing was going to have to happen for. AR, MR, XR, uh, any form of immersive technology was that we needed to build a platform to commoditize and democratize it, make it simple and easy and cost effective for any brand to use. These are just natural trends, obviously, you see them within business, I guess. So it's, it's kind of a really exciting space. I guess some of the challenges um, that we're still obviously working through are content, um, but those barriers are coming down. We're starting to see them come down. There's a number of different ways you can produce that content, and that's probably going to be of interest to a number of different uh, listeners out there. For some of our customers, we take just photography and the spec sheet, and we build a 3D model with that. So we've got content pipelines, we've got large teams based overseas where we can just put that through at a very cost-effective rate as well. So again, that's gone from being thousands and thousands of dollars to sub-hundreds of dollars now. 
We've also got 3D scanning capabilities. So a lot of customers we're working with at the moment, we're creating full D 3D scans and digital twins of their products. So that's another one. The third way is if you've got an existing CAD file or FBX model, we take that and then we do the lighting and rendering on that and get them up and running. And there's a very kind of cost-effective pipeline for doing that now as well. And then hopefully where it's all heading is this generative 3D. I think the big boys like Google and a number of other guys are working on this where we'll be able to feed in a two-dimensional image and be able to create a 3D uh, model from that two-dimensional image. So that's really going to be the game changer for this tech. I've been researching that for quite some time now, and there's three companies I know working on it. And while I'd love to say they're, <laughs> they're literally three different levels of crap, <laughs> but it's there. I mean, they've got a 2D render into a 3D model. It's, it's very close, but uh, as soon as that gets unlocked, then we have no more barriers for 3D, especially for retail anyway. Oh, definitely, no, that, that's the final final one, really, because we've, we've solved the other ones with the technology and the price, so bring on content. Yeah, even even things like you know 3D scanning or, or photogrammetry, where it used to take thousands of photographs to create a 3D model and, and a supercomputer to, to do it. Exactly. Now you can take 100 photos, run it through a program, and it spits it out in an hour. Oh, so. it's One thing, I'll send you guys a link um, to check out. So we're doing this project with a tourism body at the moment, and we've basically sent out a drone and captured these um, 35-meter-high silos. But on front of these silos is um, art, most amazing, stunning art you'll see. And so we've captured that, and now we're embedding this, um, obviously, into 3D viewers for a website. But we're also going to be augmenting um, these to life. So we're going to be bringing them to life in, in 3D and telling the story behind the artists. Um, and so, Very yeah, cool. creating that digital twin, the quality um, of these scans now is insane. Like we've literally got the rust in the metal, you know, captured. And now we can render that out mm-hmm. in AR and it's a really immersive and rich experience. So, yeah, that, pretty pumped about where, where that's all heading at the moment. And we just need to get that capability into our smartphones that I'm sure is somebody else you're probably talking to is hopefully solving that problem. Yeah, there's a there's a company in Israel actually um, called Clone Q L O N E. Cool. I, I tried it a couple of years ago and it was it was kind of yeah it was okay but it was meh. Okay. It wasn't definitely wasn't being able to use for for commercial purposes. But I saw them again at CES this year and Ronan, their CEO, he um, he did a demo for me. It was mind blowing. Like first of all. It took only half the time it used to to make the 3D model. Second of all, there was no black holes and stuff, yep. so it was really, really good. And then the last thing was he did a horse. He, he scanned a horse quick. Then he hit a button, and it, 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 it took the 3D model of the horse and auto-rigged it, and the horse started running No way. Awesome. Yeah. Wow, okay. yeah. I know. I'm going to check these guys out. I was like, what's happening right now? And that's just any, any cell phone, any device. Any device, yeah. He just did it with a phone. It was like an iPhone. He just he took because he, because the way Clone works is they have a, a mat or a pad underneath that has some checker pattern, right? So it knows where the product is or where the the object is in relation to it. Wow! So you just hold your phone over. It creates an augmented reality dome over top, and you just hold your phone and fill in the the blanks of the dome. Yep. Hit render. It renders into three D, and then he hit another button, and it auto rigged the horse, and the horse started galloping wow. around That's the table. Amazing. Awesome. The virtual horse, right next to the real horse. It was. I'm gonna check this out. So, we're very, very close to you know having mass scale 3D object rendering um, in the palm of everybody's hand. Like that is that is imminent. Yep. So, I mean, as soon as that kind of hits, and the cost to take your product, like you said, you said you know this woman sells pillows. Yep. Well, you had to take those pillows and either scan them or you know do whatever you had to yep. do. 
But now that this, she could do it herself with her iPhone. Yeah. I mean, that just opens up your platform to everybody, anybody who sells anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, that's it's, it's going to happen. I mean, that's why, again, right now we're using third-party marketplaces. So we've done a partnership with Sketchfab. So we're pulling models from there, pulling yep. models from Google Poly and things as well. So, yeah, just when, when this whole ecosystem gets connected with that final touchpoint and device that get the content in, we're going to be away. You mentioned WebXR. Running this stuff, because a lot of clients, the first thing they say is, do we need an app for this? And, you know, the answer is always, yes, you need an app. But yeah, yeah. WebAR is is wonderful, and I've seen some. You know, we actually did one of the very first WebAR projects in the world a few years ago, and it worked great. The client was happy, but man, my team threatened to quit if I ever sold it again. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, they're like, if you ever sell that again, we're out. So it was one of those. We got it to work, but it was awful. And I think the barriers to that are coming down too. You know, you've got Apple's Quick View. Yep. Yeah, USDV. Yeah, quick view. And then I know Google's working on WebAR as well under their, I think it's released under Canary now. <gasps> They're Canary. But it's, it'll be out soon. Yeah, we, we've been using the Chrome Canary one. That's what we, we got featured for Google um, December. They showcased our work in San Francisco. So it was pretty cool. But yeah, it's still very early days. And we're not sure where it's going now. I think they might be doing a, you know, a very similar kind of quick look example yep. as well. But that's not what we need, though. We need full AR core enabled web. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's going to be, yeah, <laughs> again, that, yeah, there's just certain limitations right now. So as you know, with USDZ, you can put a model on there, you can interact with it, scaling it up and down, but there's no full interaction with it. And that's the thing is that the native yeah. app still doing and still requires is that full, you know, you can tap and engage and call to actions, size it, and rescale it and change the colors and, yeah, so that's the limitation right now. Hopefully that barrier will come down. And yeah, that's definitely what, what our customers are, are wanting. But at least, you know, be able to do, at least view products right now in 3D is, is, with USDC is, is definitely great. I think it's going to be great for retailers to have one simple way. You're, you know, you're scrolling Facebook, you, you see an ad, you click it, you now can interact with the product in 3D, you can customize it. Then you hit a button and instead of you've gone from Facebook over to web, and straight into AR view and then right to buy. Exactly. And I think that kind of linear path to purchase is really what's going to unlock every single retailer is going to have this panic moment where they're like, oh shit, we didn't do this. Exactly. Yeah, become the new default. Yeah. And I, I think I read, I read it this morning, so it was really quick, but I think Shopify uh, just partnered with Apple's QuickView, I think. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, that, that's going to unlock the ability for small retailers to use this technology at scale, which is really exciting. Yeah, yeah, no, that's where, where the world's heading. What's the best use of, of your platform that you've seen? What's the most exciting use that, that somebody's using? Yeah, so I guess it, it's quite varied, actually. It's amazing when you, you have a platform and you kind of open up and we haven't been traditionally self-service, but we're moving more towards that. We obviously still offer a bit of support and onboarding. I guess the ranges and experiences, everything from... My, one really good user case right now is Saab. So Saab, one of the largest manufacturers in the world, they're using our platforms and their sales teams using it as a B2B sales tool. So what's happening is they can take their products out to the customer anywhere, anytime without having to physically ship it. So they can take their radar system, they can take it to the customer, they can shot and scale in their own car park out the front, or they can then miniaturize and obviously put an augmented view in a boardroom, saving them time and money and cost, and also means they can go to trade shows. They can virtually bring the entire product range 
in their pocket to the trade show. So that's a really great user case. So that's one really user case that I really love is B2B sales has always required you know, a, a presentation layer and customers always want to be able mm-hmm. to understand and interact and engage with the product in exciting and immersive and I guess practical way. And super cost effective. The cost of your platform for a year across all of your customer interactions is less than flying one piece of machinery to a trade show and having it unloaded by unionized staff at $200 an hour. Yeah, that's exactly the point. It's crazy. It, it's interesting. The the whole trade show idea of bringing these you know digital products to trade shows is being used a lot. Uh, we, we had an interview with, um, with someone who works a lot with the airlines and they were able to recreate uh, airplanes digitally, put on the VR headset, and now you can see the whole plane from front to back. The crazy thing is the plane doesn't even exist. They're able to show a plane that doesn't exist now. Yeah, that, yeah that's a great user case. And that's where I really like where you can go from an augmented view into a 360 or mobile VR view. I think that, that kind of a level of immersion is really good. So um, yeah, that's exactly the type of thing you can build on Platter. And that probably would have cost them you know, a few hundred thousand dollars to do traditionally. And now you know, agencies and developers and we've got telcos and things all coming to us wanting to partner with us and resell and use the platform. It saves them time and money building it as well. So you know, that's why we love to work with other people in the space as well, partner with them. That's the kind of B2B sales case. Yep. And then you've got straight the e-commerce or augmented commerce user case. So kind of went through that before the snooze. So that's my definitely the most popular one right now. And that's where we're getting a lot of traction. Um, and then you, I guess, moving across the life cycle to activate, we call it. And so that's where you're engaging with consumers. So we've just built out the ability to do um, gamification. So collection, unlock mechanics, progress um, screens, et cetera. So um, we just ran out a campaign with the largest mall in Australia, they called Vicinity Group with DFO, and um, that went incredibly well. Um, we're seeing wow. you know five and a half minute engagement times with the content. You know, forty percent people ended up sharing the experience out, and then I think roughly between forty and fifty percent converted through to um, the competition and captured captured data. Um, so, yeah, again, these user cases uh, make a heap of sense. It's where ARs come from, obviously the marketing factor, um, and so. Um, we're getting you know real traction with um, other companies leveraging the platter to do that job as well. So, yeah, I guess those are kind of probably the top three user cases right now: presentation, uh, augmented commerce, and B two B sales, and then activating and engaging consumers are the three most popular templates on platter. We're going to look to build these out further over the coming year. Very positive. Those are big numbers. It it blows my mind because you know I, I interviewed um, Jonathan Moss from Sprint. They've saved over a million dollars in travel by using AR for training. Wow. They've been able to track several million, I wouldn't give you the exact figure, but several million dollars in uh, additional revenues due to this AR training. Awesome. Millions of dollars. <laughs> I asked them, well, how much did it cost to build? About $150,000, $200,000. I can't understand why companies would even remotely hesitate on this. There's always going to be companies who don't jump in, and yeah, there's always the early adopters, and then Blockbuster didn't didn't get on web. So yeah, one of my biggest frustrations as well is, you know, how can people not see that this works and that adds more value, and it's a new customer experience, and it's more engaging, and you're going to get better conversion rates, and you know, it just it makes sense, right? We live in a three dimensional world. Why is everybody still pushing out two dimensional content? That's something I've always said since I was you know, a child. 
never really understood. And um, the metric and data is coming back and proving that it is more value. So come on, you know, <laughs> just test it, Leo, test and learn and figure out whether it's right for you. It doesn't cost much money anymore, you know? So. So a friend of mine, John Bazell, was just on the show. He was, he was on the show today. Yep. And he, you, ready for, you ready for his quote? Yeah, go. We are, we are visual people. We live in a 3D world. Our computers have finally started to catch up. I'm pretty sure you just exactly. said the exact same. Yep, that's that. That's it. There you go. <laughs> Listeners, these these are the world's experts telling you the same thing over and over again. Yep. Come on. Yep. Give it a shot. Give it a pilot. Test it. You know, build an MVP. Build a POC. You know, use Platter for free. We've got a 30 day free trial. You know, have a crack and go and show it to some customers and blow their mind. And worst case scenario, you're going to look, look like a thought leader and you're going to disrupt your industry. Worst case scenario. Amazing. Well, one of the things with XR is, is it it's kind of it's everything. It's virtual augmented mixed reality, 3D, 360, photogrammetry, 3D models. It, it kind of encompasses all of this. And really at the heart of it is uh, the idea of spatial computing and the idea that we're going to be bringing computers into the 3D world. And the idea that, that I, I find interesting is that we will move to glasses. That is an inevitable thing we're going to go there probably between now and let's say five years what do you want to see let's assume we all have glasses what what kind of experience would you want to have definitely so i guess um you've got the fundamentals of obviously it needs to be persistent so ar clouds obviously going to be a massive enabler for that so we're just hanging out for that to happen um and then obviously collaboration obviously is a big part of the retail experience so how do you both give feedback and input into your design and, and what you're purchasing so uh, we really see uh, you know, opportunities around that, around shared views. Obviously, when you're in a store, you can both customize things and you can present them to each other and yeah, and then make an informed purchasing decision. Um, obviously, personalization um, is going to be a massive trend as well. So you start bringing personalization with wearables, with um, AR or XR, and be able to you know, go in store and it automatically presents different options to you, different looks and look, different feels. Um, you then can take those home and experience them in your own home. Um, so again, those those obviously user cases, you know, all really need um, some form. Well, they need the AR cloud and they need obviously wearables as well. Um, so smart glasses. So those are the the key ones I'm interested in. And then obviously you've got applications like you mentioned earlier on around training um, and the installation guides and things as well. So if we can put those through a HUD with its display um, versus having a um, you know, hold up a smartphone or a tablet, um, obviously it gives you that hand-free experience, um, making you more efficient with your time, what you're doing, um, and you know, I guess solving those kind of practical problems. So yeah, that we really are hanging out for, um, I guess, the first main enabler to come through and all going well, it's probably getting more, assume it's probably going to be Apple um, the end of this year, maybe next year, from what people are saying. Um, and then we're going to see huge uplift again because I think every consumer is just going to, can be part of our day-to-day -day lives and we'll move away from smartphones and tablets to our smart glasses um, and then eventually into retinal lenses so um yeah it's just where it has to go it's pretty, yeah just it's where it has to go it's just that's the way it's going to be what does the sales cycle look like you know and i think that's a question that people want to ask you like i get it i understand it but how you know i can't how do i sell this to my boss or how do i how do i open up how do i unlock Definitely. budget for this so that's a really interesting thing because we're raising capital at the moment we actually we've gone back through all our data over the last few years because you know, i've been selling this last 10 years now 
Um, and we've seen the sales cycle come down um, from over nine months to six months, and now we're floating around two to three months. So there is a change in the market happening. And I guess um, some of the challenges for our customers and how we help them overcome this is, one is obviously you need your metrics and data. So that's what we're doing with all our customers right now. Our analytics behind the platform is super important to be able to see you know, how many engagements, how many downloads, how many interactions, how many placements, um, how many calls to actions, how long they've engaged with the scenes, what the the user flow has been, whether they are converting, whether they aren't converting. So that's obviously a big part of it is making sure you've got the metrics and data behind the case studies and making sure that's relevant to the different industries we're talking to. So we're trying to tick that box at the moment. Another one is basically um, enabling people to be able to actually see it themselves. Because until you see it with your own brand or your own product, um, right now it still seems a bit of a barrier for a lot of boards and I guess senior management team. And so what we're doing is we're actually working with um, some of our customers to quickly build rapid prototype on Platter, um, a proof of concept. So we might go into Sketchfab or Google Poly or TurboSquid, pull down a GLTF model, drop that into Platter and within five minutes, and then have that in front of a board, you know, later on that day. So that's again what you need to do sometimes is actually help people visualize what the outcome looks like. And so that's another thing we're doing to Yeah, we've actually we've done a lot of that where we've you know we've taken uh, products quickly, you know, rebranded them for the client, and then you know showed them their their product in AR and exactly you know the, here here's the issue that we have you know you do a quick a, a quick POC you're just you know they're not it's not yeah, paid yeah. or anything just like here here's your product with your logo and they say well. They start being really picky about it. And it's like, well, you, you, you didn't pay anything for this. What do you mean you're being picky? Yeah, like, ah. Need a non-disclosure <laughs> statement flashing up. <laughs> exactly. This yeah, is exactly. a demo. Quick demo. You didn't yeah. pay for it. Um, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. You know, we're, we're in an age where people expect the best of everything that they're seeing online because they're seeing stuff so yeah. fast. I mean, they're seeing stuff before it even really exists. You know, Microsoft did a really great job at evangelizing mixed reality, but they did a bad job at showing people a future that was not here yet. Exactly. Same thing happened with another large wearable as well, wasn't it? They sold the dream and then delivered, didn't deliver <laughs> that on the expectation. Well, I have a Magic Leap, because I'm pretty sure that's what you're talking about. We have pretty much every wearable you can imagine in the office, and... The HTC Vive is probably the one that gets used the most, but then we've got the Oculus Go's and everything, and everybody puts the Oculus Go on, sits in there, they look at it, they do the experience, and then they're not compelled to put it back on. And I'm finding the same thing with the HoloLens and the Magic Leap. Yep. People will put it on, they'll do an experience, they'll, they'll try it, they'll, they'll say, oh, this is really great, and then they won't put it back on their head. But the one thing that they do is they pull their po- their phone out of their pocket every five minutes. What's your take on that? Do you think it's just because it's too heavy and too large and it's a bit too clunky? Yeah, it's, it's it, well, there's no use cases in retail sphere that are compelling that you would want to buy a $3,500 headset to show that. I mean, AT&T partnered with Magic Leap and, and is showing kind of Game of Thrones and stuff, which is cool. Uh, I've heard it's a very short experience, but you know, AT&T is also a vested interest in the success of Magic Leap having invested half a billion dollars in it. I just don't see it other than industrial applications. You would I see training, on the job, remote assistance, that type of thing where putting on a headset, you're you're only going to wear it when you need it. You put it on, you do your job, you take it off, get back to work. And I think those use cases are, are the ones that are using it now for that are just screaming. You got companies like Upskill and 
Um, you know, there's a ton of companies working on that sort of thing. Spatial. We're doing a couple experiences on the Magic Leap at the moment, um, and you're right there. More, one of them is actually a tourism experience. It's going to be quite cool. So immersive tourism. So, that would be cool. Um, yeah, that's it was really nice, and it's really well fitted because it's all about the storytelling mechanic, and I think that's nice. where Magic Leap is really is. They should carve out and really own that space. Um, so yeah, I agree. I think that that's where the practical application for that device is right now. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the the one thing that I really was blown away by the Magic Leap was the spatial audio. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. We started messing around with kind of proximity driven audio. So yep. the closer you get to an object, the louder it gets and stuff like that. So nice. messed around with AI driven interactions because as you're talking into this, it's very basic machine learning where it. it picks up what you're saying and, and does the action that you're making it requested to do. But the, the problem that I see is that it's not great. The, the voice recognition, you know, you've got Google and Siri and Amazon Alexa, yep. and they're really awesome and they've made their libraries open, but it's still not good enough for us to kind of do everything by voice. No, no, it's true, isn't it? We'll, we'll get there though. Oh yeah. It's growing by leaps and bounds. I mean, Five years ago, we didn't have voice anything, and now it's in everybody's house. Yep. It's amazing. If you told people five years ago that we're going to put a speaker listening to everything you do in your house all the time, people would have freaked out. Yeah. 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 It's amazing, like that, isn't it? <laughs> I think about that again, like 10 years or maybe it's 10 years ago, when people were saying, Oh, you've got to stream movies in your own house pretty much for no money at all. I was like, No, it'll never happen. And then on Netflix. So, yeah. Yep. Everything is really becoming democratized right across the board. And I think Clatter is really well positioned to take advantage of this next wave of computing. So I'm really excited. Yeah. No, thank you. It's a, yeah, we're pumped about it. We love, you know, we'd love to work with you. We'd love to work with all the other partners out there, all the brands that want to get up and running. You know, we're here to help support you. Um, and yeah, let's just all carve out our own piece in this uh, new world, this new immersive world that's um, going to become the standard through wearables. It's going to be crazy. So let me ask one last question before you go. What problem in the world do you want to see solved using XR technologies? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, there's a few ones. There's a few things, I guess, at the moment um, for me. One is I had dyslexia as a child. So that, I mean, that's basically why I built Platter and why I've always been in digital agencies and design agencies and using visualization to understand the world. So. Um, Education is obviously a, you know, a, a real focus for me is because I fell out of that you know, schooling system. I was told I was stupid, you know, because um, people didn't understand it, dyslexia back in the 80s. Um, and so yeah, I, I, I was the people. same. I, I was labeled ADHD or some stupid Yeah, thing. exactly. You do. Yeah, you know what it was? I was bored. That's what I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, isn't it? So yeah. um yeah, I mean, you know what it's like, like, right? It's just it's, it's hard. So, um, that's one part part of my purpose is to help you know, change the way uh, kids actually interact and engage with the world. And you know, um, our purpose, what what why I'm here is to amplify people's vision. Um, and it's what we're is trying to do is amplify people's vision. So, um, I think it's really doubling down on that. Um, yeah, and helping use visualization to understand and engage with the world is 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 you know that's my purpose. That's why I'm here. Um, and that could be everything from, you know, um, I've got a little project we're working on around being able to visualize the impact of, um, you know, growing you know, a trillion trees 
um, to see what the impact on global warming would be. So there's a few things in the in the in the works at the moment. I can't tell say a whole heap about yet, but um, it should be coming out soon. That around you know using our platform and using capabilities and collaborating with partners to be able to, to solve some real world problems. So it's, yeah, that's where we're heading. I really love that. That's that's amazing. You know, it kind of fits perfectly in my personal mission is to inspire and educate future leaders to think and act in a socially, economically, and environmentally sustainable way. And my goal, my goal is to take all of these technologies that we're building and build one ridiculous education platform for the world that uses VR, AR, 5G, AI, every piece of technology we can throw at it to solve what I figure is the the largest existential risk to humanity and that's the lack of ed- proper education as we move into the exponential age exactly yep Let, let's help each other <laughs> i'm all over it so rupert thank you so much uh, rupert deans from platter this has been a, a fantastic interview so thank you thank you for your time i've had a um, it's fantastic so um have a great day and we look forward to um hearing from anybody take care amazing and Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been the XR for Business podcast with your host, Alan Smithson. This podcast was another incredible example of how XR technologies are revolutionizing business across every industry. To learn more about Platter, you can visit platter.com or you can email Rupert directly, rupert at platter.com. Thank you so much, Rupert. Thank you. Being an influencer on LinkedIn in the XR field Uh, really has opened up an opportunity for us to not only understand what corporations are looking for in virtual augmented mixed reality and artificial intelligence, but also from the aspect of the startup studios, developers, and enthusiasts out there and what they need. So what we decided to do after getting hundreds and hundreds of messages is to open up XR Ignite to the entire XR community of startups, studios, individuals, passionate people, and really to build a new community that brings together everybody who's passionate about this technology for a low cost and allow them to contribute, to learn, and to get better across the whole industry. That is really the reason why we started XR Ignite, to hyper-accelerate the XR for business industry, business and education. And one of the things that we just keep noticing is that there's so many resources out there. There's the VRAR Association, which we're partners with. There are you know, reports coming out daily, but there's no one source where people can come together and start just having conversations around how to get better in this industry. And that's why we started XR Ignite. I would encourage anybody who's listening to this podcast, if you're in the corporate side, if you're a startup, if you're an individual, if you're an enthusiast, sign up today at xrignite.com and you'll be getting access to new reports, investor lists, media lists, exclusive content, interviews with our mentors. We have over 56 mentors. And if you're a startup and you pay an annual fee, you'll actually have the opportunity to book a one-on-one, one-hour call with one of the mentors. What we're doing with that is we're actually recording those sessions. We're transcribing them, taking out any personal information, and we're making those transcripts available to all members. So I think XR Ignite is going to drive a lot of value for anybody in this industry who's looking to up their game and also for corporates who want a real insight as to what technology is coming out. So I would encourage everybody to sign up at xrignite.com and I really look forward to driving value, executing on our mission to hyper-accelerate XR for business and education.